Welcome to Fringe with Benefits, episode 72. I am Stacy, aka Stasimus Maximus, to all my fellow Spartan warriors. I might seem grumpy and a little bit triggered, but it's honestly my feelings towards the apathy and the willful ignorance of my peers. Fringe with Benefits is to speak to the world and let the world speak back. This is the only truly safe space for all ideas and thoughts. It's as if our free will has been impeded upon to expand others' liberties. I will not be forced to say things I don't believe or do things that I feel that are inherently wrong because it's what's expected or because it's the societal norm. My freedom of speech is just as valuable as yours. Self-censorship is just another way for them to control us and force groupthink. Can you imagine a world where it's illegal to question the official narrative? Remember the story, The Emperor's New Clothes? Remember the little boy who called out the emperor for being naked and everyone hushed him? Even though they knew the truth, they refused to look at it. And that's where we are today, self-censoring for other people's sake. And that's why I'm here, and I come to you to scramble your brain on all things anomalous, peculiar, weird, and abnormal. Okay, for Stacy's socials, we have all kinds of crazy shit for you this week. First, uh, did you guys see the Mars surface images that came out? NASA put them up. There is a link below. They're, okay, so they've been studying the surface for more than 10 years, and they observed a topographical feature on Mount Sharp. The project scientist in the Mars Science Laboratory said that this door-looking thing is most likely a small fracture, but it actually looks like an entrance, an unnatural entrance into the mountain. Like I said, there's a link below to check out the photo. You're going to have to discern for yourself. Maybe it is this tiny little fracture in which it looks like a doorway, but to me, and to pretty much every other conspiracy theorist, it looks like something that was put there. So you tell me what you think. Next is a true harrowing case of some actual domestic violence and some serious shit this poor woman went through. And she's in deep shit. She is in deep trouble because of this really awful relationship she was in. And she was cheating on this guy or she was starting to form a relationship with this guy and her husband found out her name is Brittany Barone she's 33 and she was testifying at her husband's first degree murder trial um, she said that he choked and punched her and put his gun into her mouth saying to her don't do anything stupid or the kids are going to walk into something gruesome she testified that he said those things as they were leaving well what they did okay they sent their three kids to the grandmother's house next door and on the way to the park he had found these text messages on her phone prior to this on the way to the park he was reading these text messages to her and hitting her after finishing each one prosecutors allege that armando barone 32 which is her husband used his wife's cell phone to lure her boyfriend to the park just north of the Massachusetts state line the night he discovered these text messages. That's where he beat him and tried to force his wife to shoot this guy. He forced the guy into the back of his car 
the victim's car and told Brittany to get into the driver's seat. At that point, he left them alone and she said to him that there was, um, there was a machete inside the car and he begged her to pick it up and kill her husband, but she said she wouldn't. She said that she wasn't going to test him, okay? So she could have saved this dude's life, but instead she didn't want to push her husband any further, but she had to have known what was about to happen. That's when Armando Barone got into the car and shot this guy three times. He had his wife drive the car back to their home to pack some supplies, and then they headed 200 miles north to a remote campsite, and that's when he freaking forces her to cut off this guy's head and bury it and wrap the body in a tarp. He left her to dispose of the body and went home, she said. She said that he said that we needed to cut off his head so there would be no dental records of the body. And she testified they both were destroying evidence. So obviously she's in deep trouble, trouble but she's also, she's also a victim of severe domestic violence. Fishing game officers in New Hampshire found the body in a swamp after they had found this Brittany girl at this campsite where she was not supposed to be camping. She testified that her and Amaralt, is the guy's last name, that they got to know each other while working on a project in the days leading to his death, and they were texting and messaging on social media. The video of her testimony, which was posted by the news media, said that she was, like, logging out of her social media because she didn't want her husband to see that she was talking to this guy. She had to have known from years of abuse that her husband was dangerous. It was just a really sad situation all around she had told him that she couldn't offer anything more than friendship but she then you know gave him a kiss and um, shared another kiss during their break at work and that was a day before the texts were discovered by her psycho husband so talk about some severe domestic violence situation i can't even imagine and now there's all kinds of pictures of her she's just beaten black and blue I definitely believe her, and she's pretty much just as much as a vict- of a victim as the fellow that was killed and decapitated, even though she participated. So hopefully they take it easy on her. Next is, I don't know if you heard about this, but the giant sinkhole in China, and that revealed like an ancient forest in there. This is awesome. Cave explorers in the Guangxi region of China found a secret ancient forest inside a 630 foot deep sinkhole. It was posted on Twitter earlier this month by the China state affiliated media. They're calling it a karst sinkhole formed by rainwater that dissolves bedrock and it exceeds 5 million cubic meters. Explorers found a primeval forest with ancient trees measuring about 130 feet in height. They sent in an expedition team. It took several hours to reach the bottom of the sinkhole. They rappelled down about 330 feet. That's huge. The team leader said that they found plants down there that were growing very densely together, coming up to his shoulders. The Twitter video specified that the recent findings brings China's number of this type of sinkholes to 30. Also mentions that the newest sinkhole originated from an underground river system called the Fugui. I don't know if that's right. And the previous 29 came about from the Belang Underground River. No doubt home to many undiscovered species of plants and animal. And we don't even know what is on our own earth in a lot of aspects. Like 
unless we've seen it for our own eyes, how the hell are we even supposed to know? So this is a miraculous find. And the fact that they've even told us about it is miraculous all in itself. Next is a heroic dog. I love these stories. This chick named Erin, she encountered a mountain lion while she was taking her dog Eva for a stroll along State Route 299 in Trinity County. She got out of her car with her dog. They're walking down a path. Eva tra was tracking ahead of her. And then Aaron, right before she even freaking could say mountain lion, this cat jumped on her from her side and swiped her across her left shoulder. And that's when she calls out for her dog. She yelled, Eva, the dog came running. And she hit that cat really hard. Her two and a half year old dog weighing 55 pounds tried to take down this cougar. They were fighting and then she heard her dog crying and the cat had latched onto her German Shepherd's skull. The lion ended up biting the dog's head and she was trying to get the animals apart and she was throwing rocks. She tried to gouge out its eyes and that's when she headed back to the road to try to flag somebody down that would try to help her. They, um, she used a tire iron from her truck to get this fella's attention. And together they used a piece of PVC pipe that this other person had in their car to beat the lion. And it was actually trying to drag the dog off the trail. The lion finally gave up and let Eva go and ran away after the passerby had sprayed it in the eyes with pepper spray. So man, they fought and they fought and the dog survived had some serious injuries, crushed skull, broken jaw. Dog probably wasn't expected to make it, but she has made it. And she is a hero and will be treated like a good girl for the rest of her life. Next is I've definitely like given some sneak peeks into the voice of God technology or the voice of God weapon with everything that's been going on in the world and all these mass murdering shooters. We kind of speculate a vast majority of them heard voices prior to them going on their killing rampage right well let's talk a little bit about the voice of god technology i don't know if you guys remember when minnesota governor jesse ventura hosted a show called conspiracy theory he had a guest on there named dr robert duncan and dr duncan discussed what he called the voice of god weapon this is technology, he says, that he helped to develop. Allegedly, it was used during the Iraq War, beaming Allah's voices into heads of Iraqi soldiers, telling them to drop their weapons. And Dr. Duncan tells us that they repeatedly, reportedly followed Allah's commands, not knowing they were coming from the U.S. military. Now, of course, everybody's like, put your tinfoil hats on. Well, here at French with Benefits, we put our tinfoil hats on, and we take that shit seriously, because... Who's to say that aluminum foil doesn't repel the voice of God technology? Marines have revealed their plans for plasma crowd control weapons that can shout at people for three, from 3,000 feet away. And it can be turned up to blind them temporarily or turned up to actually melt people's skin off of them or causing instant death. Steve Quayle gave warnings that technologies were officially being shown they're now at least about 10 years old or 20 or more years behind technologies that have already been developed. Who's to say that this technology is a conspiracy? Mainstream news outlets themselves, such as Discover and Newsweek, have announced it. If we look hard enough, we can find that we've been told already 
long ago. There is a newspaper article embedded into this article from 1974 in which there was microwave voice-to-skull success announced. These are voice-modulated microwaves. The Daily Mail story embedded into this article said, quote, The U.S. Marines are developing a new laser weapon that can transmit voice messages at a long range or be turned up to deafen, dazzle, or even kill. The scalable compact ultra-short pulse laser system, SCU, PLS will be mounted on a truck or a tank. It will initially be used as a non-lethal weapon for crowd control, according to U.S. government documents. The document mentions future plans include advancement of possible full spectrum of effects capabilities from non-lethal to lethal, along with added command control, communications, computers, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance system capabilities. The weapon can produce a range of effects. At its lowest setting, the weapon can produce speech and it will be able to warn people up to a thousand meters away by delivering voice messages. When it gets closer, the weapon will deliver a flashbang effect by sending an acoustic blast of 165 decibels at a minimum distance of 100 meters. It will also be able to send a flash blind effect of 6 to 8 million candela momentarily blinding people at a minimum of a distance of 100 meters. The highest setting of the current model will let loose full scalable thermal ablative effects through common natural clothing at a minimum distance of 100 meters. This could painfully vaporize the outer layer of skin. Rather than burning it, it will be turned to gas. Using the different effect would allow operators to control crowds or enemies, first warning them before using higher settings. The documentation for the project say it will have direct application to many other U.S. government agencies as well as civilian law enforcement. End quote. The mainstream media and the establishment political apparatus are happy to call targeted individuals a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. But Defense One reported that the Pentagon's non-lethal weapons lab hopes to have a direct energy weapon that can produce an effect like a haunted walkie-talkie or the biblical burning bush effect. And while this story has been reported that researchers have said that there are three or four more kilohertz away from mimicking discernible human speech. But we all know that they're much farther ahead of what they're telling us, right? Also from the Defense One story, we learn that this new weapon can go straight through some people in its path and strike the desired target, leaving those standing in between the weapon and the target unaffected. From this article, quote, The weapon's most interesting aspect may be the way it creates noise at a specific and distant point in space rather than blasting it out of a nearby speaker. That means that soldiers between the weapon and the target are unaffected. How far away can that point be? Range is a function of the optics. The bigger the mirrors, the farther the range. A 5-inch mirror creates the effect about 1 kilometer away. An 8-inch mirror, about 5 kilometers. They've created plasmas at 20 or 30 kilometers. This is the first non-lethal weapon that could go out tens of kilometers. The care effect, a term that refers to a minute changes in the refractive index as a result of electromagnetic field changes, makes it actually easier to create the effect at a distance, end quote. In the videos that are also linked below, there's a brief snippet of Dr. Duncan discussing this voice of God technology. 
that is apparently much further along in development than we're being told. And then the second video is a must, must watch as we hear Dr. Duncan for nearly an hour as he discusses his role in the development of this te technology and warns us that scientists may be on the verge a, of a cataclysmic discovery. At the very end of the second video, the moderator asks Dr. Duncan about the sinister globalist depopulation agenda, and we hear straight from the mouth of Dr. Duncan himself. He believes that such a mass depopulation agenda actually exists for the elite to depopulate our planet Earth. In the third video, we hear about this new technology that can create voices out of thin air. And in the final video below is an excellent one by YouTuber JWTV, and he breaks down plasma voice crowd control technology, warning that this is clearly the next step in tyranny as the global elite try to take the planet for themselves while they purge the rest of humanity. Next is a natural news article. This guy puts out some articles that really scare the crap out of me. In this one, he's talking about the domestic food supply being militarized and controlled by a criminal regime in D.C., threatening food security for all of us. This regime invoked Korean War-era emergency powers found in the Defense Production Act, administered by FEMA. This act, originally intended to allow emergency executive action to shore up critical infra infrastructure in times of war, is now being used by Biden's regime to seize control over food supply, raw materials, and force companies to deliver them to Abbott Laboratories to manufacture large quantities of heavily processed junk food, infant formula made from corn syrup solids and processed milk proteins. Because this effort simply redirects existing food materials, this does not actually solve any food shortages. It merely shifts the shortages from one product category to another. It also stands as a centrally planned food distribution plan that resembles communism and not free market dynamics. It means that other food shortages emerge in the months ahead, and they most certainly invoke the DPA to seize control of other food materials, making sure favored corporations get supply while dissident companies and small businesses are driven into bankruptcy due to lack of supply. They have also confirmed that the Department of Homeland Security has already seized the entire production output of several large U.S. storable food manufacturers. Those companies were also forced to sign non-disclosure agreements in order to keep this fact a secret. Careful observers will note that any food production company claiming to be unable to fulfill customer orders for many months at a time is actually under the control of the Department of Homeland Security, forced to shift all output to the U.S. government. The Department of Homeland Security is currently funneling tens of millions of dollars a month of storable food products into underground government bunkers and tunnels while telling the public there is no need to prepare. Food recalls are also being staged by the FDA in order to confiscate massive quantities of food and redirect them to government bunkers. And if you guys have been paying attention to the news, they did have a massive peanut butter recall due to what they called salmonella. And my super smart boyfriend, he was like, hey, maybe this is not even real. Maybe they just want us to get rid of what we have accumulated. First, I'm like, that's super sinister, but now after reading this, I'm thinking to myself, well, it would be a great thing for them to do if they wanted to make it to where we weren't prepared. This guy's saying that he is being told that we are preparing for a war with China and that it will commence before midterms. 
He has huge details on the on his podcast exposing China's plan to invade the U.S. with millions of troops in order to seize farmland, oil, and mineral resources. This plan includes exterminating every last American, including the treasonous Democrats who put us in this frickin' spot, and China's invasion plan will begin with a D-Day-style landing on the beaches of California, and every Californian citizen who's unable to flee will be executed. And since California is a gun control state, the American people have been deliberately disarmed in order to make China's invasion far easier to accomplish. Biden has also Department of Defense transporting transport planes airlifting baby food in order to try to stem the tide of frustration among U.S. voters. This reflects the militarization of the domestic food supply, meaning that not only is Biden invoking emergency war powers to seize and control domestic food supply materials, he's also using the military to choose where to distribute the available food resources. There couldn't possibly be anything wrong with militarizing the U.S. food supply under wartime emergency powers, could there? Okay, and then last, I've talked about LifeLog, courtesy of the CIA and DARPA, and the whole theory that maybe, just maybe, LifeLog, when it was discontinued, just so happened to be Facebook, and it's still going, just under the ruse that it's a private company. This article was put out in 2018, and it's titled Pentagon Online Surveillance, Facebook. Now DARPA, they formed a LifeLog project. This was intended to amass personal browsing and viewing habits of Americans. But for no apparent reason, the U.S. government decided to cancel the project when Facebook launched, like literally down to the day, people. Wired.com reports that it was run by DARPA, the Defense Department's research arm, LifeLog, aimed to gather in a single place just about everything an individual says, sees, or does. Phone calls made, TV shows watched, magazines read, plane tickets bought, emails sent and received. Out of this seemingly endless ocean of information, computer scientists would plot distinctive routes in the data, mapping relationships, memories, events, and experiences. LifeLog's backers said the all-encompassing diary could have turned into a near-perfect digital memory, giving its users computerized assistance with an almost flawless recall of what they've done in the past, which we see in our memories, right? It goes on to say that civil libertarians immediately pounced on the project when it debuted last spring, arguing that LifeLog could become an ultimate tool for profiling potential enemies of the state. Researchers close to the project say they are not sure why it was dropped, DARPA has not provided an explanation for the cancellation. Just the only rationale they gave was a change in priorities, a spokeswoman said. Her name was Jan Walker. Related DARPA efforts concerning software secretaries and mechanical brains are still moving ahead, and LifeLog is the latest in a series of controversial programs that have been canceled by DARPA. The Terrorism Information Awareness, or TIA, data mining initiative was eliminated by Congress, but many analysts believe that its research continues on the classified side of the Pentagon's ledger. The Policy Analysis Market, or Future Map, which provided a stock market of sorts for people to bet on terror strikes, was almost immediately withdrawn after its details came to light. Peter Harsha, Director of Government Affairs for the Computing Research Association, said, I've always thought 
LifeLog would be the third program after TIA and FutureMap that could raise eyebrows if they didn't make it clear how privacy concerns would be met. Now, when a person captures and organizes his or her experiences, this theme has great importance in developing artificial intelligence and cognitive science. To them, the project's cancellation means that it's just not tenable for DARPA to say anymore that we're just doing the technology. We have no responsibility for how it's being used. Private sector research in this area is proceeding. At Microsoft, for example, many computer pioneer Gordon Bell's program My Life Bits continues to develop ways to sort and store memories. David Carger, Schrobe's colleague at MIT, thinks such efforts will still go on at DARPA. He said, I am sure that such research will continue to be funded under some other title, the military-industrial complex. He said he can't imagine DARPA dropping out of such key research. And just so happens, Facebook makes its debut and has been around for well over a decade now, cataloging all that we do and say and think. Accountability segment this week is pretty kind of a bummer. You know, my, my heart hurts like a lot of other people's. Watching the news about the mass murder of elementary children just rips me inside out, as it, I'm sure it does to all of you. I can send prayers up for their dear families, but does it do any good? I would say yes. Any thoughts of healing towards them must be received by the universe's love and hopefully is projected down upon them in the form of comfort, but how can they possibly be comforted? Their children were murdered. There's zero comfort there. With death, maybe, but not while on earth, will there ever be any reprieve from the heartache that they feel? I can go off about technologies that may cause someone to do something like this because it makes zero sense. We come up with all these reasons how or why this could happen because it's unfathomable. I must admit that I'm thoroughly enraged. I'm pissed. Not only that almost 20 babies were killed, but because people's reaction is so off base. They say the same things every time this happens. They want to make it political, and by all means, it is political. It must become a political issue. But they place blame where it isn't warranted, and I am a responsible gun owner. I know many wonderful people who are and who would never even think of harming another person. With my guns, I feel confident that I have a fighting chance to protect my kids and myself if a bad guy with a gun wants to destroy us. Those kids should have been given the same chance, the same opportunity to be protected. And we must come together to find solutions to this, and it starts by putting ourselves at the forefront, in the sights of those gunmen. They should never be given another chance to kill an innocent child and destroy an innocent family. If you made it through this episodes of Stacy's Socials where I explored the legitimate questions these people have without being so pissed at me for even suggesting that he was anything other than a mentally ill teen, I'm sorry. I do not think it's that simple. I applaud you for being able to be open-minded enough to even consider the questions people are asking. After all, we are all just looking for truth and we all want to save any more lives from being lost to violence. Business, follow me on all my social medias. There's a Telegram link below, Patreon link below. Go to inwardsurvival.com. Twitter is at Stacy Fringe. I'm like, my, my followers are up over there. 
And there's a forbidden close link for Fringe with Benefits. I think you can use the f promo code Fringe. And uh, yeah, I'm on all the social medias. Get myself in all kinds of trouble over there. So give me a follow. Did you know that there's a place where you can send all your crazy and scary stories? Yep, it's called The Mailbag, and it's at fringewithbenefits at protonmail.com. If you don't know how to spell fringe, it's F-R-I-N-G-E, and then it's with W-I-T-H, Benny's Benefits, B-E-N-E-F-I-T-S, at protonmail.com. This week, I'm going to share with you an email I got from a legislator, legislature, <laughs> a legislator. I sent, well, I've been sending lots of emails to this particular scumbag, and this is Representative Derek Kilmer, and this is what he responded. Okay. Thank you for contacting me to share your concerns regarding the World Health Organization. I appreciate you taking the time to write. Let me be clear, the U.S. should not and will not give up any sovereignty to the WHO. Now he's going to give me a history lesson. In 1969, the WHO adopted guidelines called the International Health Regulations to enable international monitoring, reporting, and response to diseases. This is an important strategy pre for preventing the spread of infectious disease globally. These regulations have been updated numerous times in the aftermath of previous epidemics to improve global health responses. As a result of the millions of lives lost from COVID-19, the WHO has been considering ways to improve future pandemic responses. Ideas under consideration include policies like the sharing of data about emerging viruses, banning certain wildlife markets, and planning for equitable vaccine distribution. The Biden administration has also proposed strategies for improving global pandemic responses, including improving monitoring of emerging diseases, creating a notification system across countries, and developing strategies for assisting counties. To be crystal clear, none of the policies would give up any sovereignty to the WHO. In fact, a nonpartisan fact-checking website reviewed some of the misinformation that's been on the internet, and you can read more about this here. And he gives me a link to a fact-checking site. He goes on to say, Please know that protecting our country's sovereignty and the civil rights of all Americans is a priority for me. I encourage you to continue to share your views with me on this topic or any other issue. Thank you for reaching out. It's an honor to serve you as your representative. Well, it is not an honor to be one of your constituents. One, the sharing of data about emerging viruses. How do you even know? It's um, speculative at this point. It's theoretical that they even exist. Why don't we ever discuss that? Second, banning certain wildlife markets. So we're still on the idea that it possibly came from a wet market and from bat soup. I don't think so. Or planning for equitable vaccine distribution, which basically says to me that you want to give vaccines to minorities. And I don't think that's really fair to give them to anybody, let alone push them on minority populations. Next, I got a really amazing message from an old friend of mine, and I hope she doesn't care if I say her name, but she sent me a really nice message. Her name's Danae, and she said, Hey, Stacy, I started listening to your podcast and listened to random ones here and there for a while, but I just recently started listening to them in order. 
I wanted to tell you that I absolutely love your podcast. I love all the weird shit and just discussing everything going on. I like your outlook on life, so this podcast speaks to my soul. Again, love it. If you guys have any, like, qualms or disputes, feel free to send those. But especially if you have nice things to say, I think that's amazing. And I was really surprised, so I responded, like, well, I'm actually surprised that you're not kind of pissed. Because a lot of people I know that would be considered my friends and family would never listen to this because they vehemently disagree. And so I shared that with her and she said, and I love this because it shows what kind of person she is. She's far more evolved than most people on this earth. She said, I had to stop commenting on a lot of things because people get upset when I'm too opinionated. Like who cares? We don't have to agree. Let's talk and discuss. How else do we find things out or learn how others think? Even if I end up hearing something I don't like, I don't care. People have opinions, and I love that you look into things, have questions, and want to know. I've had people get so annoyed with me because I ask questions, but how do we know unless we ask? I also just love all the weird shit because, really, so much is out there that cannot be explained. People only think it's dangerous because they're... Because oh, I shared with her that um, I have been told that what I think and what I talk about is dangerous like you know how misinformation is dangerous so this is what she had to say about that people only think it's dangerous because there have been so many unexplained events and deaths but that should make them more curious I think you're right though the fact that they feel that way really is the dangerous part following the masses and blindly believing is how horrible things have happened but people don't want to be reminded of that either I appreciate people like you who don't think like the normal factory cut people out there Hell yeah, I love you, you're amazing. And like I told her, we need more people out there like you. Don't forget to send me your stories. Fringe with benefits at protonmail.com. Two, one. Welcome back to Fringe with Benefits. I have a real treat for you. Edwin Everhart is with us and he is a podcaster and he's got a broadcasting degree, I believe. So this guy is a professional and so thank you for joining us on Fringe with Benefits, Ed. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your profession and your your podcast and what's that all about? Well, right now I'm, I'm kind of, uh, well, I'll start from the beginning here. I, uh, I graduated from LCSE with a uh, bachelor's in communication arts and a minor in music. And so far, I've just been uh, working at Pacific Empire Radio, doing uh, doing radio stuff, being a DJ, and uh, doing live broadcasts there. Uh, other than that, though, I am I have my podcast, uh, Life Talks with Edwin Everhart, but I'm actually getting ready to put that on the back burner because I, I I like doing it. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I feel like it's very deep sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, and although I like that, it it can, it can be a bit, you know what I mean? It can be a a bit of, of, uh, kind of a head fuck a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. So I'm going to start, uh, I'm working on a podcast now. It's called, uh, strange circumstances where I'm going to go into, uh, strange, just bizarre, strange stories that don't seem like they'd be be believable, but they are. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That'll be coming out soon. I'm excited about that. You'll have to let us know or uh, revisit us and we'll talk about it and maybe 
put some of your um, ideas out there because that's what we're all about here. And as a matter of fact, Ed is the reason why I, he was kind of the way that I started Fringe with Benefits. I didn't really have the the know-how and Ed's like, well, try, try Anchor platform. It's super easy, user-friendly. And so he's the reason why I'm, I've been doing this. So thank that's you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So definitely need some of your expertise. <laughs> well, I don't know how much of an expert I am, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so that there's a ton of content as far as strange circumstances goes, but it's just like figuring out, you know, are you, weren't you going to do something where like, if tell us a story and let us decide whether or not it was true or false or. I, I would like to do that. That's what I'd like to ultimately have with that. But uh, I'm having a hard time finding uh, fake stories that seem like they'd be believable in a timely fashion. Like I thought about writing my own fake stories for it, but um, you know, to write two or three or four fake stories for one episode a week. Yeah. That's be, tough. Yeah. That'd be hard. So, and make it seem believable all on the same hand. <laughs> that would be really interesting, but I don't know. That's a lot of work for, you know, just an hour long show every week. It's a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I also am uh, the co-host with my buddy, Ben. Uh, We do UFO No together. UFO No. How do you spell that? Uh, UFO period, period, period. No. Oh, like N-O or K-N-O-W? N-O. Oh, N-O. UFO period, period, period. No. Awesome. That's great. So you guys talk UFOs and extraterrestrial likelihood and stuff? Yeah, last week we talked about uh, cow mutilations, and cool. uh, we've talked about sightings in Brazil and Skinwalker Ranch, all sorts of stuff. Awesome! You'll have to send me a link to that so I can put it in the show notes so people can I will. there. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be rad. Okay, so let's start with so the, if everyone who doesn't know, Ed is my boyfriend's brother. And so they've have, you know, obviously a long history together. And Ed was really, really little when you guys all lived in the, what did he call it? The, um, shit, what did he call it? The, <laughs> he, he called the hell it house. the hell house. Yeah. Hell house. <laughs> hell house has a closet was the name of the episode that he was on. And so <laughs> do you have any memories from living there or weird stuff? Uh, I, I remember some stuff. I was really little for the most part living there. Um, like I remember, oh man, I I've had some weird experiences there. I, I was sick there uh, quite a few times, like really bad. And I'd have really bad fevers mm-hmm. and uh, I would see all sorts of shit, but that, that could have been just from having a bad fever or whatever. But uh, there, there's been times where I would sleepwalk as a kid and I'd get up and talk in a different language and uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, uh, other times, I remember seeing uh, the, the layout for the house was kind of weird. So you had the living room, and then there was a big old kind of long hallway into the kitchen uh, with like shutter doors for like that covered our closets. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I remember seeing shadow people go dance across there one time. Uh, this was uh, another time was after my oldest brother Damon had moved out of the house and I don't think Joe was there. He was off hanging out with some friends or something that night. But uh, my mom and I had heard like footsteps on the ceiling, on the, on the roof. Mm -hmm. And 
I was told that Damon always used to have friends that would sneak in through the, the, uh, the window. His bedroom window was upstairs and they'd climb onto the roof and then sneak into his window. But this was long after my oldest brother had left. And uh, Joe, I, I, he, I think he was on the verge of getting ready to move out as well. So you were a little older then when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So tell me like, okay, so maybe, maybe fever induced hallucinations, but what were some of those things that you saw when you were sick? Oh man. Like, uh, there was one time where it was, it was kind of like, it seemed like the room was full of people, even though I couldn't like see their faces, oh, just God. like full of people. Although like, you know, I had like mom and Joe, you know, bounce and check and make sure I was okay. But other than that, like, it felt like the whole room was just full of people. That's creepy. That was one of the main ones anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I know that like your older brother saw some disembodied legs walk through the house or something trippy like that. Right, man. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. That house is Um, nuts. In the backyard. Um, Oh, I, Every once in a while, we'd see some crazy shit out there, too. Uh, like, lights just out of nowhere, just lights out there. Like, it was weird. Like, spotlights almost. But we didn't live in an area where, you know, cops would be spotlighting people or anything like that. Like, chasing fugitives in a helicopter or nothing like that. So, yeah. it was it was out of the ordinary, for sure. That's crazy. So, that must be kind of surreal to hear um, Joe, and I don't know, you know, if your other brother talks about it, but it looked probably a little weird and unsettling to hear how they talked about that house, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder, like, because after my mom and I moved out of that house, we moved down to Gooding, Idaho, and uh, there was weird shit that would happen down there, too. So, I kind of wonder if maybe it's not necessarily the house that was that had some sort of spiritual connection to it maybe mm-hmm. but like maybe members of the family like my mom or yeah something yeah. like that well that like was kind of what I talked to Joe about was that maybe your mom was haunted or her side of the family because she had quite a bit of experiences prior to you guys living in the house like yeah yep. yeah really yeah that's crazy. crazy so what happened down in Gooding Idaho that you recall that was weird um, there was one night, uh, I was hanging out with my mom in her bedroom and it was just us in the house and we were watching a movie and we had both passed out during the movie and, uh, the TV had like automatically turned off and, uh, I woke up to the sink in the bathroom, which was just the next room over was just on full bore. Like someone had like turned it on all the way aggressively and water was just pouring out of it. Yeah. And so I was, I woke up my mom who was sleeping next to me. I was like, well, what, like, did you get up to go to the bathroom or something and leave the, leave the sink on? She's like, no, no. And I was like, what? Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's bizarre. I think that something was going on with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of what I'm leaning to as well. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so what about in your adult life? I know you've had lots of adventures as an, as a young adult, um, any, yes. any weird, uh, UFO experiences or, um, paranormal experiences that you'd like to share with us? Um, actually, uh, just not, uh, not yesterday, uh, but, uh, the 15th, May 15th, we went to a puddle of mud concert down at Boomer's garden and, uh, there was a, a thunderstorm that night and heavy rain. And it kind of cleared up and the band came out. 
Well, after they had been playing for a while, uh, I noticed some people that we were standing next to were looking up into the sky and they were like pointing at something. And so me and uh, my buddy Brandon and my girlfriend Jessica all kind of looked up at it and it was like a stream of lights in the sky. It was weird. And then they just disappeared. Trip. Yeah. yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. No, exp- no explanation for it whatsoever. And you know what? That's also happened. Um, uh, when Brandon used to live, he used to live at a girlfriend's house right across the street from me. And uh, we would go out and have a fire in his backyard all the time. Well, about, oh, it was, it was late summer, uh, but it was like right before dusk or it was dusk. So at late evening and uh, we were drinking, but we hadn't started getting drunk yet. We were, we had just started the fire and just cracked open our first beers. And uh, we saw a couple of, I, I, the only way I can explain it is orbs in the sky. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like playing with each other. They were dancing around each other and going in weird ways. And, and then all of a sudden they just kind of shot up in the sky and, <laughs> it was weird yeah that's awesome that's i always awesome. i always like seeing stuff like that but it's it's hard to explain to other people especially like jessica until sunday when we went to that concert she had never seen anything like that before so i was trying to explain like some of the stuff i've seen to her and she just i don't think she got it you know what i mean yeah. but after sunday she kind of understood a little bit how you can see something and like not fully know what it is you know what i mean right it's it's weird they'll give you like a blank stare they don't really know what to say or how to react (laughs) unless they've experienced it themselves yeah yep that's crazy so um okay i know that um joe and i come at you with all kinds of crazy stuff like conspiracy talk and like we have some really really odd stuff happening our current events are kind of iffy and kind of scary and there's all kinds of trippy stuff going on have you um what's your feeling about that do you think we've lost our minds or do you think that we're right on about some of this stuff no i don't think you guys have lost your minds um it's a really scary time right now Mm -hmm. like i think everybody and i'm not just saying you guys i kind of think everybody has lost their mind in one way or another Mm -hmm. um like whether it be like me dealing with uh, my legal stuff I'm going through, like, you know, getting into super dark depression or, or, you know, just the way life has turned all of a sudden. Right. Um, we like definitely have not made it back to before COVID, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of, I'm not quite sure. It's, it's, I, I, I want to believe a lot of it. Uh and a lot of it I do Mm -hmm. then there's other stuff I'm like well I believe that but it's like what what can I do about it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's one of those things that it's almost better that you don't know but uh, kind of yeah it's like some of the stuff well I don't know Joe talked to you about the frazzle drip video you hear about that one uh-uh. Okay, so supposedly there is a video of Hillary Clinton and her like right-hand man, um, Huma Abaddon, I think her name is. 
and they're ritually killing a girl and they cut her face off and then wear it and they're like dancing around <laughs> i <Whoa>. know <laughs> so it's on you can find it on the dark web i've i've only seen um still framed images of what the what the face the girl looked like after she was killed but people are swearing that this is actually them and they are um, murdering this child. I think she's more of an older or older child, not a real little child, but a girl. Um, they, That's sad. Yeah. It's really That's fucked sad. up. It's really scary. Fucked up. It is scary. <laughs> and so like, what is the likelihood that would be some of the more really fringy stuff is, is that really going on? Are they really murdering kids and doing all kinds of sick shit? Like with the adrenochrome and, drinking their blood and their fluids to get high it's really really far out there but if we look at you know the films that have been out there I don't know have you ever seen that movie Hostel yeah yeah okay so the whole premise is that they're they're drugged by these hot chicks and then they wake up in this underground facility where they've been taken to basically be used in a um, like elite hunting where these really rich fucked up people get together and they pay thousands of dollars so they know you know, so they can experience what it would be like to murder somebody in some really fucked up crazy way well they say that a lot of these films that are out there whether it be alien you know science fiction type stuff to horror are actually based off of things that have really happened what are your thoughts on that uh you know they say that that uh Oh, what is it? What's the saying go? Uh, uh, the truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I believe that 100%. So, you know, all these stories that really sound far out, I don't know. They don't seem that so far out if you really think about it. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you on that. Um, speaking of strange, you, okay, you guys can't see this, but Ed has a poster behind his head. Of, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. What What is that? Um, so when I worked at the college radio station, uh, I would get to pick and choose what kind of like po- posters I'd get to take home from the bands and s- stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was just one of them. It, I thought it was weird and kind of crazy. So it is. I was like, yeah, <laughs> the ideology of consumption becomes the consumption of ideology. <laughs> I love it. It's creepy. And you know, yeah. what's crazy is that that symbol with the two lines and then the one going, you know, perpendicular through it. Yeah, it reminds me of um, a pin I found at an old mining camp. It was red. It was the same exact symbol. And I found it just on the ground because, you know, all these old mining camps in northern Nevada, you just find all kinds of random stuff like spoons and just crazy stuff. Well, I found a pin that was that exact symbol. So I'm like wondering what it was. Weird. It is weird. Now I want to look into it, too. (laughs) Yeah, you should. And tell me tell me what the hell it is. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. That's crazy. So um, now. What kind of topics have you guys covered? Well, you said that you guys talked about a Skinwalker Ranch. Have you talked about any of the new stuff that's been going on out there with the research they've been doing now? Uh, no, I don't think so. I guess recently they they launched a rocket 
into the it with some really fancy high tech stuff and it was supposed to collect data on its way up and on its way down or whatever well as it they launched it their system shut down it didn't collect any of the data and there was like a radiation attack on one of the guys that was sitting in one of the observation rooms and he got a really bad headache and he got really sick did you see that no yeah that's crazy, crazy. that's cool well yeah. i mean not cool for him but <laughs> No, it's almost as if like whatever they're researching out there knows what they're trying to do and it keeps foiling their plans and it's like they've um they've targeted one person and they'll attack them and it seems like it's radiation that she's they're it's making people sick but it's crazy and I know Dave Paletti's on his Can-Am missing project has been talking about it a lot because it seems like they're they're not really making any breakthroughs on their data collection, but they're making breakthroughs in the fact that they're um, documenting all this stuff happening. Yeah, it's yeah. a trip. Um, another episode that uh, Ben has done, he I can't remember the author's name, but he did an episode on Dumbs, deep underground military bases. Okay, and he had an author that had wrote about that on the podcast. All. I'll get back to you on the name of who, who she was, but it was a really good episode. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I always thought that was kind of a trip too, like just tunnels co- connecting mm-hmm. the whole United States, man. Yeah, it is. Trippy. It's crazy. There's um, I can't remember the girl's name, but she did a YouTube channel and she's still on there. She's actually um, just like a homeless trans kid right now is just recording herself out there, but she, she went viral with these videos that she did and she was talking about uncle Sam's um, it was called uncle Sam's snuff factory and that she was bred into a family. Have you heard of this? Uh-uh. Okay. So her family was well-connected. And so she was sent on the regular to this deep underground military base that was just outside of um, Fort Bragg, which is where all those soldiers, they just fucking die for no reason. All kinds of crazy shit happens in Fort Bragg, Texas. But it was in that area and that she'd be taken to this underground base where they were trafficking kids and they were they were killing kids and they were doing like satanic ritual abuse, satanic ritual sacrifice and literally having her participate. And they were kind of grooming her to take over when um, her parents retired or whatever. So they were totally desensitizing her to where she would be able to participate in this stuff. And I guess she ran away and she she blew the lid off of that and started telling people about it. And this poor girl, she's like totally fucked up. But yeah, Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory, you'll have to look it up. But who, I will. You know, no doubt there's been so many, so many cases of kids that are, have been victim of satanic ritual abuse. And that's one of the things it's not only, you know, sexual abuse, but it's this really fucked up, strange stuff that they do to these kids and they make them eat babies. I mean, some of the grossest craziest shit you'll ever hear about and uh there's a lot of cases of it and there are these two kids in england that they went to the police and they were trying to tell people what was happening to them there's this chick there's another girl named um jesse sabota i think her name is but she's been coming out and she's been talking you'll have to ask joe about that one but yeah and it's a lot of really crazy well-connected very very wealthy people are in on this and that's that's one of those things that is just so borderline 
out there that you don't even want to talk about it in front of people because you don't want them to think that you're fucking crazy or that you've <laughs> yeah. gone off the deep end because it's just so ugly. The whole thing is just so ugly. Unfathomable. Right. It is. It really is. Um, what was next on my list? Okay. So what about now a lot of people are saying that we're going to have another false flag event and it is going to be related to ufos and that they're going to like project a hologram into the space into you know the, the the sky that there's um we're being invaded by aliens and that that it's coming and legislation has even had some meetings about you know, disclosure, talking about UAPs and how, you know, we've seen them and how we've documented them and that it's time to start telling people that this might be, and they're saying themselves that it's a national security threat and that this is something we need to keep an eye on. How do you, how likely do you think it is that this would be the next big false flag that they're going to, you know, play a joke on us basically to get us all to believe that we're all under attack so they can take more of our freedoms away? You know, uh, I, I think me personally, I think it's pretty likely. I mean, look at how far we've come in technology of holograms and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I mean, Really, how hard would it be to, you know, say, spray some sort of of mist in the air that would refract light and you could make an image out of that? You know what I mean? Or something like that to where you could make a mass hallucination is what they'd probably call it or a mass hysteria. But, you know, I I think it is very possible. I think that that's what's coming down the pike. That's what everybody's saying. And it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things, because of course, like with COVID and everything, everybody's like, you know, not that we're saying that it's not real, but we're, it's also kind of like, hey, they're hyping it up. They're trying to keep us afraid. They want, you know, the more scared we are, the more easily controllable we are. So, you know, what's next? What could they do to us next that would allow for them to push more restrictions on our freedoms and basically be able to lock us down again and this would be one of those things yeah it'd have to be something really big Mm -hmm. uh because the covid or the pandemic didn't really work in their favor um (laughs) or maybe for as long as they would liked anyway uh but yeah so i would think it would have to be something big and you know if they can if if uh concert technicians can can bring Pac back from the dead and put him on stage to perform a whole show for, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred thousand people. I'm sure that well, just imagine what the government can do. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All of us. Yeah. Did you ever see the, the videos of that big um, triangle that was floating? It was like a <laughs> three-dimensional triangle, massive that was floating above the Kremlin and the Pentagon at the same time. I want to say I have. That sounds familiar. You've I'd had have to, to see have the seen picture it. again. Yeah. yeah. They, a lot of people say that that was hologram technology and that they've been testing this out for many years. We had the, the Phoenix lights, which everybody say yep. what they thought it was a UFO sighting, which it could have been. But that's the thing is we don't know. Are they testing out their their technology? 
and seeing how it works, it's really likely. And what's really fucked up is that we don't know what's real and what's not. Like we see something on TV, we see somebody saying something, doing something, but we don't know because of the deep fake technology. They could totally be screwing with us all. Yep. It's yep. scary. And it's I know it's hard. It's it's really hard to determine what's true and what's fake in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's getting more and more wild. So <laughs> what do you think of this whole monkeypox thing that they just released? I don't really know much about it. Uh, what what are they saying? It, it's, I, I know that they said something about South Africa is usually where it, it resides, but sometimes it comes out of the country. Uh, what else? Where are they saying it come, came from? Monkeys, I'm assuming? Yeah, the, it's some sort of zoonotic transmission, which is basically from um, animal to human. And I don't, I don't really know, but I did see a TikTok because we get a lot of our information from awesome little TikTok videos, but I did see a TikTok video of a guy that was, he was thumbing through a bio warfare um, book or manual or whatever. And it was like a list of uh, conditions and diseases that they may use in bio warfare and monkeypox was on there. Oh, wow. And I do know that this, uh, the jab that's out there is, um, it has some sort of chimpanzee adenovirus in there that, that they're using. So I don't know how legit that is, or if it has anything to do with that. I have no idea, but I do know that the Davos, uh, convention has, it was, I don't know, was last week or over the weekend in Switzerland with the whole World Economic Forum, all those hoity-toities got together and they're going, they're talking about the whole Green New Deal and the Great Reset and basically all the stuff that we just, we don't want anything to do with. Like we don't need them monitoring our carbon emissions. If anybody's carbon emissions should be monitored, it's theirs, not ours. And yes. some of the stuff that they want to do, like they, they want to make it to where we don't, we're not allowed to have private property and that everything is owned by the state. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want that. No, no, by far. No. Yeah. It's, it's uh bio, biological warfare, man. That trips me out a bit. It's scary. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, what the hell are you going to do against that? No. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Really like, at nothing. least if someone puts troops on the grounds here, you know what I mean? We have the chance to defend ourselves mm-hmm. and go somewhere or do what we need to do with that. You're kind of shit out of luck. Kind of same with a nuclear warfare as well. Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Not really much you can do. Although I have heard in a, a nuclear warfare, if the West coast was to get hit with a nuke that I've heard that Lewiston is one of the safest places to be because of its elevation and where it's, what's in a Valley. So it would kind of just, yeah. That's a great thing. And that probably also for the, the super volcano too, because everything would just kind of just go right over. Yeah. 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 I don't like, know how true that is, but yeah. it sounds believable for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think it works. I, I like the Valley. We really, really miss it. And we really want to come back. I think that's kind of on our list of things to do. We got to get the hell out of here. That's for sure. Yeah, I bet after being over there for so long, come back here, you guys would be like, oh, man, why did we ever leave? (laughs) (laughs) I know, that was my bad. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) No, that's all right. It's fun to go explore. It is. And it's been pretty interesting. I think that we've learned a lot. 
and basically learned what we don't want is one of the things, you know. That's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that you you want to address or anything crazy you heard about and want to talk about? Um just just one thought off the top of my head. What do you, how do you feel about like astral projection, hmm. all that kind of stuff? Um cuz that was a, I was going to I was going to say this earlier. There was another thing that used to happen. I know I was I was pretty young when this happened and I don't know if it's relative to my age that why I could do this or maybe the house or being around my mom who maybe had some kind of spiritual connection to her or what, but I used to be able to astral project and uh or like uh control my dreams. What's that called? Uh, lucid dreaming? Yes, lucid yeah. dream, all that kind of stuff. But after we moved out of that house, I don't remember ever doing it after that. When did, how old were you when you moved out? Uh, we were probably, I was probably about 10. Okay. I was in sixth grade. All right. Well, I think that it's a, like, it's a natural talent that we all have and we all can develop and it's supposed to be easier to do when the younger you are. So maybe you just naturally were doing it. Yeah. And yeah. maybe when you moved, some things changed to where you just um, just stopped doing it or thought you couldn't anymore. Have, but, have you ever been able to do that? Like when you were young or anything? Can you think of any? I remember having a dream when I, I was flying, but I think that's like the closest I got <laughs> to that. I've only had like one dream like that. It was weird. Yeah. But I've had dreams where... Uh, you know, Joe and I used to go out and just go driving in the woods for a long time. And uh, we went out past Orfino, like, I want to say going up towards, like, uh, the dam mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, we'd been up there, and I've, I've never really been up in that area that much. But we had went to this one crossroad, and I'm like, dude, I've been to this exact spot before. I'm like, I remember this place, like, and all the details of it. And uh, I, I swear to God, I'd never been there before, but. That has happened to me a lot, actually. Um, I will have memories of being somewhere that, or being a, someone else that I've, I don't know who the hell this person is. And it usually comes in the form of like a, a dream. And I will dream of a place that I have memories of, but it's weird. Cause I don't know if those memories are in my dream, if maybe I'm just fabricating it, but that's happened to me several times and there there's one particular house that I dream about all the time that I've never been to but I dream about it all the time and I always have these memories like I've been there before and also there is a like a a location next to a stream next to a tree and it's like a grassy meadow and I'm walking down this path and I come to this stream where there's this tree and everything's just super ultra familiar and I remember dreaming about this place when I was really really young and I even I even sketched it out in my diary because I was like that's just really weird because it's almost like you get this strange deja vu experience yes that feeling it's like you know that you know this place it's bizarre and i i think that that's like some form of past life recall or maybe it's some sort of like glitch in the matrix to where we're um having recall of memories that are maybe on on a parallel timeline or something i have no idea i have no well, idea i've never thought of it like that that that'd be crazy yeah, yeah it's a trip yeah. but yeah, i think and it's that- weird. 
because you get that that feeling of deja vu, but you know it's not deja vu. Mm-hmm. It's it's like deja vu with something else, and it just yeah. That's that's why I like exploring so much is because you don't get that any of those weird feelings or like good feelings if you don't don't explore or travel or anything like that. You're Absolutely. way less likely to have something like that. Absolutely, yeah. I've always I've always been fascinated with the dream world and dreams and whether they're nightmares or the best dream ever i i still like dreaming mm-hmm. and you know uh since i've started slowing down on like smoke a pot and stuff like that uh i've had a lot more dreams and uh very vivid it's so crazy i could go on and on about really the dream world. yeah oh that's great what about your lucid dreaming have you been able to do that since you were a kid uh no i was actually um while I, well, I've been going through this legal stuff, I was kind of like I was telling you how I was kind of depressed there for a while. Mm-hmm. During that time, I wasn't drinking really or smoking pot, and uh, I was having dreams like consistently every night, and I was remembering them, and I was writing them down in a journal. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I was trying to make myself do it, but I can't figure out how to do it. And I've tried watching like videos and researching it a little bit, and yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that time has come and gone for me to be able to keep doing it, but. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think we all can tap into that and there's, there's little recipes of things that you can do. I'm sure you've you've seen videos just like you said, but um, I, I haven't been able to achieve it now. Astral projection. I think that I think there was one particular time and it was when your brother and I had first started dating and I was trying to go to sleep and I saw him sitting at a kitchen table laughing. And I was like, well, that was really weird. That's kind of like, I saw him in real life. And so I texted him and I'm like, are you, are you at a kitchen table and are you laughing? (laughs) And I was right. He was sitting at his, your brother and Missy's Damon and Missy's kitchen table and it was oh, the wow. same fucking setup. I'd never been to their house before. And then when I went over there, I was like, holy shit, this is what I saw. So I guess I did astral project. And I don't know how I did that, but I think that we all have the capacity to be able to do that. It's just a matter of practice. You know, practice makes perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, I think uh, it's possible. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It's almost uh, the like only- the- I've never actually seen people, but it's always been like, like I was telling you about the cross in the roads out by uh, Dorshack Dam, mm-hmm. like as it's that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I've been here before, like maybe not physically, but mentally I've been here before. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you flew there when you were a kid, maybe you came out of body and you, I don't know, or in another, another lifetime who fucking knows, but yeah, I think, I think it's possible. I think, um, have you, did you ever try DMT? No, I've always wanted to, always wanted to. I had a really amazing experience when I did it. And it was like, you go into the, it's like you're in the fractal world and there's all these swirls and shit. Well, my swirls were, um, evil clown heads and they were like all in my face. And I'm like, This is really scary, but I can't go backwards. I got to go forwards. And so I kind of pushed through it. And then I'm in this big world of fractals and it's just open space and just colorful. And then I was breathing 
and like breathing really, really heavy. And then I was my dad when he was dying and he was having those last breaths as he was dying, you know, they, like the death Whoa. rattle. I was him, but I was experiencing, I was seeing what he was seeing as his body was dying. And that was kind of like what I knew what was happening. And I was like, wow, if this is what he, he went into when he died, then maybe it's not so bad, but it was amazing. A lot different than what other people experienced. Well, because it was actually really terrifying at first, but then once I pushed through, it was beautiful. And yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, it was an incredible experience. That'd be something That'd I'd be... like to do again. Yeah, I'd like to try it too. Man, that's heavy though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I can only imagine how, how you would learn and like expand your mind from doing something like that. Right, right. Another thing that's super fascinating is the whole, the, the micro dosing. I mean, I struggle with depression as well. And especially here because you don't get any sunshine. It's really it's just so dark and gray and dismal and it's really, really difficult to, to live with depression here. And um, I know that people have had some really wonderful results with just eating a little bit of psilocybin mushrooms every day, not enough to get you high, just enough to kind of give you a, a slight head change. And it's supposed to, it's supposed to be working wonders for people. And I'm hoping that they, they make that stuff legal because I think that that would be far more beneficial than taking a lot of the SSRIs out there and the, you know, psych meds. I think that we'd probably fare much better with the psilocybin mushrooms for sure. Absolutely. And uh, if you're microdosing psilocybin, I wouldn't assume there would be much of a a withdrawal or anything like Mm -mm. that. Like you would have from say an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety something like that, man, some of those antidepressants and uh, anti-anxieties, if once you start taking them and they build up in your system and you get off of them, man, it makes things worse, Mm -hmm. way worse. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another thing we could get into is the medical industrial complex. We know that they've been trying to kill us with everything else, but when it comes down to our pharmaceuticals and what doctors are trained to to do for us opposed to what they should be doing. Like they've been killing our healers for thousands of years, our witches, our shaman, they've been killing them and then forcing us to go into some sort of, um, well, the medical industrial complex and, and take what they want us to take, which just keeps us sick and unwell. You know, I, I was watching a doctor, he was kind of spouting off that, you know, he just, he can't believe that he, you know, in this profession, he came into this profession to help people and they just want him to push drugs. And he's like, why don't doctors, if you're constipated, tell you to take magnesium. Instead, they put you on stool softeners, which cause all kinds of kidney failure, all kinds of stuff. And why don't they, they want you to take, um, you know, D3 and get outside opposed to taking the antidepressant medications? Why don't they teach us to change our diet and eat things that are good for us instead of just push all these drugs? It's like they keep us on bad mass-produced food, super processed, all these preservatives, all these chemicals that keep us sick and complacent. Yeah. Harder, harder for us to fight back and easier for them to make money. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's, I guess that's what we got to change, Ed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, 
you got anything else you want to say? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you where we can find you. Oh, okay. Um, no, I think I think that was a pretty good, pretty good little combo. I there. think so. Good conversations. Yeah, Maybe it might yeah. touch somebody and make them think a little bit. Yeah. So where can we find you? Where where where? What socials are you on? Uh, so I'm on Facebook, Red Tide Studios. Uh, I'm also my main thing is I've created a link tree where you can find all my stuff. Okay. Um, uh, but I plan on creating like Twitter and Instagram, that kind of stuff as well. I just haven't gotten around to it. But uh, you can find all my content at uh, Linktree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E uh, forward slash Red Tide Studio. Cool. I will link it in the show notes below. Perfect. And we're excited to see what else you have. And we'll have to have you back on like anything weird happens. Make sure you document it and save it for your next visit. Oh, for sure. I, uh, so I have all this, this, um, spirit talking or I guess, uh, uh, detective, like spirit detective stuff. Like I've got a spirit box and I want to try and do something down here in my studio with it. And, uh, if I come up with any results, he'll be the first one to know. Dude, you have a spirit box. I do. (laughs) Yeah. Did you like make it or did you just buy it and it's already like pre-made? What is it? I I bought it and it's already pre-made. Yeah. But it's, it switches between FM and AM. It'll switch through all the dial tones. And so, and doing that is supposed to, um, I guess, make it easier for spirits to communicate with us and stuff like that. So, wow, that's badass. I want to do like a, a, a seance down here or something. No, not a seance, but who knows, man, your house might have some stuff in it, you know, that you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully all good things. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, there's probably more good than bad. I don't because we, I mean, we have all the, the power in the world to not, to not allow anything impede upon us. So you yes. should never worry about that. I know a lot of people do and they're like demons. Well, only if you allow it because they're, you know, they can't assault what, you know, we own ourselves. They can't touch that. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of didn't believe that until just recently I was, when I was going through that, that depression a little bit, man, I was just, uh, I felt like something was just on my back or just draining me all the time. Wow. I kind of wonder, yeah, if maybe, uh, my bad energy kind of let something in for a little bit until I was able to kick it. Yeah. Well, that's what they say. Leviathans do. They feed off of, um, negative energy and it makes it a lot harder to get out of there, but yeah, there's entities that they just are attracted to that really dark negative energy and they will just make you manifest more of it until you can shake it. So that's crazy. You said that you felt that there was something on your back because there probably was. So I'm I'm so happy to see that you're doing better and yeah, that's great. And productive and yeah, it's nice. Yeah, for a while awesome. there, I wasn't man. I was just going through the motions, just going to work and mm-hmm. uh, coming home and repeat, winch, winch, rinse, wash, repeat. <laughs> yep, yep. And well, it's hard when you have a lot of a lot of stuff happening, and you're definitely going through some trials and tribulations, and you're in our prayers all the time every day awesome. man yeah i still want to make it over there to see you guys for sure oh well it'll happen if not we'll we'll get out there to see you for sure okay right on okay okay i'm going to end our recording awesome.
Inward Survival School of Magic, we've got life hacks on how to train your mind to think critically and form opinions that come from your brain and not other people's brains. Critical thinking just means absorbing information and using it to form a decision or opinion of your very own. A lot of people don't know how to do this nowadays, but this is how. Since we need to actually train ourselves to decide which details actually matter and which don't, you can start by listening to your gut or your intuition. If something doesn't sound true, that's your first warning sign, like red flags for sure. And then from there, you can start looking for other holes in an argument. And this is how you can do that. First, think about who benefits from a particular statement. When you read news or an opinion, it's good to think about who benefits. If someone's making an argument, there's a good chance they benefit from it. So that, that can tell you one thing. Next is you'd question the source. Especially with the internet, sources are not always immediately visible. So if something sounds off, track down where it came from initially before you form an opinion on it. And this is something that's really hard in our current climate. I mean, who's to say any of our written history is true? Next, look for obvious statements. This is a common trick in debates and reviews and personal essays to couch a critical argument inside of a series of obviously true statements. Writer Scott Birkin shares his own set of questions for thinking critically, and he says, to ask yourself, what is the counterargument? Anyone who has seriously considered something will have seen enough facts to fit their current argument as well as an alternative position. Ask for them. Similarly, use useful questions include, who besides you shares this opinion? What are your biggest concerns and what will you do to address them? And what would you need to change for you to have a different opinion? Socrates had a method where a series of questions help you would it's where a series of questions help you reveal what you think about an argument or an idea. Regardless of how you approach it, the end goal is to learn to think critically and analyze everything. And as we've seen before, it's important to always ask yourself why something is important and how it connects to things you already know. And as you do that, you're training your brain to make connections between these ideas. Next, you're going to watch for qualifying phrases. You want to train your ears so you notice subtle little words and phrases. These can set off warning flags if you get good enough at this. Of course, it's impossible to pay attention to everything. So knowing these handfuls of phrases that will come before a weak argument is really helpful. So these qualifying phrases would be like, I want to say, I'm just saying, to be perfectly honest, I just want you to know, to tell you the truth, I'm not saying, I hear what you're saying, don't take this the wrong way, let's be frank, as far as I know, I'm thinking that, surely, blah, blah, blah. These are the types of statements that will signal an untruth, and they're a good indicator that it's time to start paying attention, and it's a good time to start asking questions. Next that's helpful is to know and confront your own biases. Terry Pratchett, in his book, The Truth, he said, be careful. People like to be told what they already know. Remember that. They get uncomfortable when you tell them new things. 
new things, well, new things aren't what they expect. They like to know that, say, a dog will bite a man, that's what dogs do. They don't want to know that man bites a dog, because the world is not supposed to happen like that. What people think they want is news, but what they really crave is olds, not news, but olds, telling people what they think they already know is true. End quote. Next is helpful is to practice any way you can. To get good at critical thinking, you have to practice it every day. This could be done in your own head, but you can also do exercises that will whip your brain into shape. One easy way to do this is to what? What does Stacy always say to do? Keep a journal. You can write down casual observations or have a notebook of your opinions, but the point is to write it in it every single day. And once you're comfortable writing, it's good for you. And it's a great way to engage other people if you put it out there in like a blog or on social media. And it challenges you to see alternate points of view when you get feedback. Participating in a healthy debate with friends is great practice, as is reading more conscientiously. Psychology Today does a great article about thinking errors. Let's run through some of these, shall we? We've got the appeal to authority. This is attempting to justify the conclusion by quoting an authority in its support, or on the basis of how many people hold that same view. Next is argument selectivity. This is glossing over alternative perspectives, cherry picking. It's fair, but usually helpful to include opposing positions when making arguments to support a position. Opposing arguments, even when they're wrong, usually have a grain of truth that needs to be accommodated. Then there's circular reasoning. This is where the premise of an argument or a conclusion is used as support for the argument. That doesn't really work out. Cognitive shortcut bias. This is sticking with a favored view or argument for a position when there's other possibilities that you could use. Next is confusing correlation with causation. This is asserting that when two things happen together, that one thing causes the other. Without other more direct evidence of causation, this assumption is never justified. Both events could be caused by something else. Exclusivity confusion is failure to recognize elements of compatibility in multiple apparently conflicting ideas. It's important to know whether if they are independent, compatible, or mutually exclusive. So let's give you an example. When you're talking about the concepts of evolution and creationism, as they're typically used, they're mutually exclusive, but in stated in other ways, they have shared elements of agreement. We also have the false analogy. Explaining an idea with an analogy that's not parallel, as in comparing apples to oranges. Analogies and metaphors are powerful rhetorical tools, but they are not equivalent to what they reference. And then we have the good one, jumping to conclusions. Using only a few facts for definitive conclusion. I actually do this one a lot. I am a huge jumper to conclusions. Overgeneralization. We all do this one. This is assuming what is true for one is true for something else. We do that a lot. Here's some specific strategies to refine your critical thinking. Be aware of your thinking. This is the art of introspection. 
Train your ability to focus. Hone your ability to concentrate. Use evidence-based reasoning. That's when we don't confuse opinion with fact. And when someone makes a claim, don't accept it without supporting evidence. Identify what might be missing. There are important points that may not be stated. And this is especially true when someone is trying to persuade you to their viewpoint. And ask questions and provide your own answer. There's a professor called C.S. Bachefer at Notre Dame who built a whole course based on this. He gave reading assignments and he required the students to ask a provocative question about reading and write how it might be answered. Fellow students would debate each other's question and answers and developing this thinking habit will ensure you can become a more critical thinker, learn more, and provide some degree of enlightenment to others with whom you interact. It's all good, people. It's all good to talk. Our stoic thought of the week goes to David Hume. He said, When men are most sure and arrogant, they are commonly most mistaken. Giving views to passion without that proper deliberation, which alone can secure them from the grossest absurdities. Liberty of any kind is never lost all at once. And last, nothing appears more surprising to those who consider human affairs with a philosophical eye than the easiness in which the many are governed by the few and the implicit submission with which men resign their own sentiments and passions to those of their rulers. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for joining us again.